Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Clash Limited does not promote any host or guest's individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Good evening. Welcome to the Bright Not Broken radio show on the Coffee Clatch Network. We are so excited that you decided to join us this evening. We have got a very special guest lined up and um, just a wonderful topic tonight with myself and, of course, my co-host, Rebecca Banks, and our very special guest, Nancy Rady. I'd like to tell you a little bit about Nancy, a little bit about what we're going to be talking about tonight before I bring her on. Uh, we're talking tonight about giftedness, ADHD, and Asperger's, and one of our, of course, our, our favorite themes is using strengths and special interests to reach your full potential. Nancy is an internationally recognized authority in ADHD and related fields. Her unique approach to helping 2E individuals reach their potential by using their strengths is to identify and direct their passion. It's an unparalleled measure that Nancy takes. She's been just a top leader in the field, and uh, she'll be sharing her own personal journey tonight, her own personal twice exceptional journey, that is, with learning disabilities and giftedness. Her high energy and keen insights offer us a much-needed focus on abilities rather than disabilities. Through Nancy's work and her persistent dedication, she's been able to help countless others achieve balance and success that um, has just helped them to lead productive lives that are, of course, bright and not broken. And Nancy's background is just um, tremendous. She is internationally recognized as a foremost authority on personal and professional coaching for adults with ADHD and related conditions. She also holds a master's from Harvard. She's been active uh, in the last two decades in developing programs and lecturing on issues related to these disabilities and uh, also to these exceptional abilities. She has served at the national level for for several organizations. She's a master certified coach and a senior disability analyst. She writes extensively on coaching and these topics. She is the author of the wonderful book, A Disorganized Mind, and she's also co-authored several titles and contributed chapters to other numerous publications, as well as been a frequent guest in the media. Nancy, welcome to the Bright Not Broken radio show. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's so nice to to be here and to be reconnected. Well, we are so glad to have you and and I personally have known you for quite a while and as well as um Rebecca and we we know of your outstanding reputation for basically always finding the good in those um that that feel 
that um, that they don't have it. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight. And we're just so excited to have you with us. Um, Rebecca, are you there? I am here. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Diane. Hi. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hi. Amanda, well, picking up your accent by the end of the show. That's one of my strengths. That's <laughs> one of my gifts. It's oh my so gosh. funny when we speak, people are always, we know you're from the South, and no matter what I try, no amount of education, I'm going to have this accent for the rest of my life. So, Oh, anyhow. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> You should well, sell little know, um, earplugs that say, you know, just hand them out when you meet people saying you won't hear my accent when I speak. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I'll be the one torn. No, then have a go to a good cause to the Bright Not Broken show. As a matter of fact, does anyone want to buy any of those? Okay. <laughs> I'm a mid. I was born a Midwesterner, although I have lived in the South longer than I lived in the North. But I'm probably gonna going to vacillate between both of you and your accents tonight, I have no doubt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've lived in Boston for 20 years, but I'm originally from Ohio. You wanted me to uh, talk a little bit about myself or share a little bit about myself, but I've lived all over the world. You know, but I was born here in in Worthington, Ohio, right right outside of Columbus. It's, you know, Columbus, Ohio. Um, and my father was a professor of agriculture here, and that's why we moved around the world during the 60s and 70s, Brazil, and then Uganda during Idi Amin's regime, and then evacuated to Kenya, and then in the Caribbean and whatnot. So um, so that gives you a different view of the world alone. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I I moved away after going to Ohio State and went to Boston. I'm going to get back to the accent thing here. Don't worry, okay? Well, that's okay. This is is another strength. You know, people with our kinds of minds, okay, we're able to parallel talk (laughs) like this. It drives other people crazy listening to our conversations, right? Um, But we can still make the point and and come back. But anyway, I left. I went to Boston for 30 years. I came back, okay? I picked up I never really had that strong of an Ohio accent. I go to Boston, and now I kind of had a Boston accent. I come back here within three weeks. I get this strong Ohio twang. I go to a conference. People tease me because I have an Ohio twang. So now <laughs> I'm going to pick up your accent. That's, you see, we came full circle. It's going to get worse. So, yeah. Uh, so you're not, go- or else I'm going to go full fledged into the Boston accent. So anyway. Um, so there you go. So I'm back here, and um, and my work is virtual. So uh, it doesn't matter where I am. I'm always working. That's <laughs> another strength of people like us, right? We have high energy, and we always continue our passion wherever we go. Well, and and that's what, uh, one thing we want to talk about. And and I love your willingness and your honesty. And you always have been that way in your presentations, Nancy, and 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 everything. You you do you give of yourself. You you not just um, you know you're not just there to observe others. You're really part of the fabric because you've lived our lives, like you said, like mine. And and you can relax. We do have a lot of people who have that parallel um, keeping up um, (laughs) mind that can listen, that do listen, that follow us. So um, we, and I'm sure we will will cover all the points in good detail, but if you can, just um, just a little bit, tell us about your own, your struggles and your enlightenment with your strengths and your own personal challenges. Oh, gosh. Uh, 
I I was going to go on and already start talking about coaching. Going back to what you were saying about uh, about some stuff there about how important it is to have a connection with the client, you know, with the with the parallel zone thing. Um, but um, I've it, you know when I read the questions when you sent them to me, I started thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't had these questions asked of me in a long time. I mean, in terms of the personal ones, you know, because we're always out there, and I'm I'm sure you can relate to this, Diane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're always out there lecturing about, about, giving information about, about, you know, our quote-unquote condition, all right? right. Um, and, uh, you know, because we've lived it, we've had kids, we've had, you know, and somehow it's become our work. But somehow when I, I, I when we talked, you know, I you heard it in me. It was so it was so refreshing to all of a sudden have you say, Hey, will you be on this radio talk and talk about what it's like um living and working um with this? Uh and and I feel even more privileged doing the work that I do because I help other people um, live and work a life that they love, and I love what I do because I'm able to do what I do best, and um, and so uh, and then to be able to 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 just share that aspect of it, and not be out there lecturing, talking about well, this is you know this is the theory of coaching, and and I just I I, I felt so honored to be able to um, talk about it because it's a journey to find out uh, uh, for some people, you know, when I coach them, to find out what it is that they love to do. And recently I've been asking people, what is it that would make you um, stand up and and shout at someone and say, stop doing that or that's not right? Or what would make you protest or, or you know, jump out of a car and chase someone or, or do something crazy? <laughs> You know, I'm, I, except it doesn't have to be that exaggerated. You know, like what if if you were sitting watching something, what would just appall you? You know, um, right. or, or make what you know, but what would make you want to like speak out before you even knew it? I mean, for those of you maybe who are, you know, not on your medicam, you know, not the people <laughs> with ADD listening to this. I mean, we always do that, but I mean. You know, something that unusually would make you, you know, that would make you do that more, you know, quicker than whatever. But, right. But really, I, I mean, you get what, and then, and that's what, that's what you need to connect to. And that's what I'm connected to every day. Um, you know, because, because I, I not only have the opportunity to, to, to live what I do, but I defend it. I defend myself every minute of the day, but I defend others like myself every minute of the day because I live it, and you have to live it in order to understand it Um, because I see things differently, and I can see that people see us differently, and it's so frustrating, you know, to live in in this other culture, and you're looking at these people saying, come on, don't you guys get it? You know, uh, you know, can't you see that the that the door doesn't belong on the hinges that way? I mean, you know, or God, can't you guys see that the marketing is all wrong and you aren't even in marketing, you know, or something or come into a building and say, God, the engineering in this place is just there's something bad with it. Yeah, I'm not an engineer. (laughs) 
What do I know about engineering? But I'm dyslexic, and I have a brain that looks up. Oh, my God. And doesn't it bug people when you're sitting somewhere and you look up and you see a crack in the wall or something or whatever, whatever your strength or your giftedness is? I mean, we know that we see the world differently. And 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 so whatever whatever it is, going back to this thing about, I'm sorry, you see I'm talking in circles, whoever follows me wins a prize. <laughs> um, no, they don't. They get to join this club is what it is. But, no, but, but, but anyway, whatever that is that gets to you, you need to live it. Whatever comes easiest to you, you need to live it, okay? Um, and then that's your passion. Spiritually, that's your calling, you know, and, and we, of all people, need to live that because there is no other way for us right. in this in this current culture where we live, where people see us so differently, where we're tested by performance, where and our performance is just it's a it's a it's a different language unknown to all the languages on this earth. It's just you know. <laughs> Well, you're right, and, and the competitiveness is is what makes our our kids and ourselves feel so broken sometimes. Because if we're not competing in the same arena, then we don't understand that we can actually shine because we're constantly trying to compete in maybe an area where our challenges are greatest. Like my yes, trying to write a book. <laughs> yeah, Which well, is why and, Becky's and, a writer. <laughs> Right, except then this is another, this this is a coaching question that my coach asked me. What are you no longer willing to tolerate? And if you, if you, it, it, and, and, and that's why I ask, especially people with learning disabilities and ADD, okay, the flip side of that for us is a simple question. What comes naturally? Do that, outsource the rest. Okay, now, we're in bad economic times, okay? <laughs> For someone like me, okay, I can't stand the drive. I get lost every place I go. I'm a total disaster. I'm probably the only Girl Scout that ever flunked not being able to read a map, all right? Um, no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was the leader who didn't read the map. <laughs> oh, my God, you know. Um, oh, God, oh, my God. I I flunked my sorority pledge, whatever it was. Oh, my God. All I could remember is that the lady sat underneath a tree and picked up a flower. You know, I didn't know that we had to know the whole rest of the history and all those dates, for God's sakes. You know, and what the pineapple had to do with anything. I don't know how that got under, got under the oak tree, okay? But, and, but anyway, so, sorry. But, um, no, so what comes easiest to you? That's our culture. We need to live that and just know that this culture measures people on performance and 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 our performance measure is is different in our culture that's all and the and the way that this society culture the means the mores of this of this universe of this earth that our brain was born into okay doesn't they they measure things by performance, and we can't. We need to measure things in our lives by passion if we want to live in this culture because otherwise we're going to keep trying hard at at doing things that we're not well at. And, but that doesn't mean that you can ignore them. For example, a, a, a kid who is not good in math needs to simply 
know that and the parents and everyone else, if he wants to live in this culture, <laughs> and this is the only way that I've survived is looking at this earth as, okay, this is a parallel zone. I see all these things over here. Sometimes I feel pity for those people over there. But the only way I'm going to be able to live over there, being measured by spelling and grammar and uh, good behavior, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, is by viewing all of you people as being in another culture. But I ran support groups, and we all called – someone in the support group once said, yeah, well, the normies out there, and that's when it, you know, it sinks in more and more. Yeah, you know, when I went – don't you guys call yourselves, you know, a tribe? <laughs> you know, being I, I, when I'm around a bunch of people at these conferences, they say, oh, my God, I found my tribe. <laughs> and so it is, it, and that's a survival strategy is what I'm trying to say, but we can't ignore it, okay? If, if you're not good at details um, and maybe you're in a marriage, okay, and your spouse is, outsource it. Don't view it as some marital spat. Okay, it's just, it's a cultural thing. Um, Mm -hmm. If the person's blind, they give them Braille, why in the world is someone going to argue with you if you have a learning disability or ADD or that's just not the way your mind thinks, you know? It's it's kind of like you just, you have to tear down the levels at the most basic level. Um, And the way it starts, I think, is the way we view it ourselves. And and like I said, the only way I can do it is looking at this earth as its own its own different entity, and that goes back to the you know just separating your disability from yourself, viewing it as as something that you just have to um, tailor for for the circumstances that you're in. Um, until you can get through them, you know, like you ask the question to me, uh, how do you help a student or how do you help someone find their strengths if they haven't found them themselves? We all know what we're good at, and that's when I thought about the question, well, just what do you naturally do well? But then it comes to you have to outsource the rest, okay? And then that's where if you aren't good financially or if you aren't, you know, you have to be practical, you know, let's say you're a Picasso. Okay, well, if all you do is sit there and paint all day, I mean, you've got to, you know what I'm saying? You have to have someone right. else do 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 all the rest, or or, you know, you you have to have life balance too. You know, if you're if you're good, like and so, but but it's it's easy to live your passion if you can just kind of answer those two questions, you know, what is my, what is it that, um, you know, irks me? What is it that, you know, gives me that righteous anger in in my belly? Um, Well, I think, and if I can interject for just one quick second, and I'll, I won't talk over Becky's question, but, um, wouldn't you say, Becky, that is what's so often referred to in the gifted too, and I know you're describing it so well, Nancy, of the social injustice. There's just such a strong yes. sense of social injustice. And and you're right, you're saying, you know, find that social injustice because that is really how causes are solved, how inventions are found 
from um, these very dedicated, passionate people that can tune out the rest of the noise, sometimes to a fault, to find um, what they feel is a social injustice. Yes. Well, and I was thinking that's how, in a way, I got into doing the work that I did, except it just wasn't all righteous anger. For me, it was also, I mean, one of my gifts and one of my strengths and, uh, it well, is to uh, um, kind of rejoice in my difference it, mm-hmm. to a certain degree. And, and um, I, I mean, because I have learning disabilities and I'm, you know, high ADD. <laughs> you know, really, really, come on, I was a president of the National Attention. I was a poster child. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have Jack Russells, I, I, maniacal dogs, coonhounds. I, I, who's going to bring up a coonhound in Harvard Square? Okay, I, I mean, you know, I, I should have just been wearing a shirt that said I'm psycho, or 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 else just wore, or just had a shirt that said DSM. You know, beware. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's walking. Um, you know, but but um, but anyway, so so I wouldn't even think before I would just go blurt things out ideas or go running up to people oh my, oh my god do you see that do you see that and then poor if the person didn't i mean oh my god you know i'd practically tackle them no look you know you know the design and the, it would oh god or i would explain things in detail to people they and so um when i saw that if i see an injustice or if i see anything like that um I'm quick to act on it, uh, but also I'm quick to act on um, fixing things around the house. I'm quick to act on on many things. That also has to do with the fact that I had someone coach me and help me, okay, and this is what led me to write the book, okay, and also to do what I do is my father also was constantly questioning me because I talked nonstop. He was probably trying to get me to shut up. You know, why does it look like that? What, you know, I wonder why brooms are made that way. You know, why can't brooms be made this other way? We did, 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 you know, well, what if they put a section cut behind the broom and then they, you know, what are the, 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 the you know, oh, look at the tree. You know, what is it? I wonder if they made an apple picker that went like this and then picked up leaves at the same time. You know, oh, God, could you imagine? You know, I, I mean, someone completely speaking out this creative mind and, you know, a mile a minute. I, I stuttered, okay? And then I learned Portuguese. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't, stutter in Port- I didn't stutter in Portuguese, you know. Não posso falar português rapidamente. Você nem pode imaginar. Oh, yeah. Oh, I learned that out real fast. <laughs> you know, in Brazil, you know, so it was bad. Um, But anyway... So my dad would ask me and and prompt me, you know. Well, uh, uh, he he would always have me in in, in action or acting or uh, you know following through. Um, you know, well, what is it about the door that's different? Okay, well, uh, an- analyze it. So, well, then, what do you think should be done with it? Or da 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 da. And and he organized me. He had me. Uh, keep files of papers and um, taught me how to categorize things. And 
you you guys know this. I mean, if you have a learning disability, you already have to chunk things up anyway in order to read them or see them or anything. And so categorizing is easy for us, you know. Um, but so we are, we have to slow down enough, you know. Um, but so so I learned, okay, and also the people, the professionals in the support group, you know, when I first started those, remember, Diane, I was the only one who had those in the country. Right. Do you, do you remember that? It was along with Ben Hilliard. Yeah, he he now runs a practice up um, in, in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. But he and I started these psychoeducational support groups for uh, professionals with uh, learning disabilities and ADD in Boston. And they ran for eight years because there, there wasn't anything for – there were only for uh, a vocational rehabilitation, you know, back then. Mm-hmm. You know, like people on site that would follow follow you around, right. uh, um, um, the coaches, but they didn't have any kind of support groups other than, you know, dealing with workplace issues. Okay, I'm talking about professionals. Right. Um, and, I mean, we had waiting lists. We did them every six weeks back to back for eight years, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I got a lot of the strategies for the book. But, but a lot of this organizing and following through and saying, okay, I see something and I know myself well enough that I will see something else immediately. So if I want to accomplish anything, I must follow through on this first. You know, learning to train yourself in the strategies or knowing that uh, I live in an in a moment-by-moment basis and one thing going wrong can set me off or that I can feel completely down or isolated, uh, um, having someone there to always remind you of your accomplishments. I'll never forget after I ran the Boston Marathon, and this had nothing to do with, you know, endorphins or anything like that. I became depressed the next week. I'm moping around. I've never accomplished anything in my life. I'm a loser. (laughs) I didn't want to leave the house. Why? I'm not worth anything. Wow. You know, whatever. It was terrible. And then it dawned on me immediately. Oh my God. Yeah, because I spoke with my dad and, and, and at the time I I was married. I was married to John and he said, Oh God, <laughs> A D D moment, you've forgotten, you know, uh um all of your accomplishments and then I said, Up, oh, solution <laughs> I problem solved. I remember I'm A D D if that's a symptom of A B A D D because I didn't know that um at the time. And I said, oh, my God, if that's a symptom, I have a solution. You see, I took action right away. I plugged that hole. <laughs> um, and, I, and I made a little photo album because I had pictures, you know, of my parents there visiting and going up Heart, Heartbreak Hill and the drummers and all that kind of stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and, and I carried the album around with me and then drove people crazy by showing it to everybody. <laughs> look, 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 I ran the Boston Marathon. I ran the Boston Marathon. I ran the Boston Marathon. But I had to keep remembering it and then then go on to the next project, you see. But it, it's probably because I was exhausted after the marathon and I just didn't look at my calendar. And then I felt like, you know, God, it's the end of time (laughs) you see because people with ADD we forget and so we need to always remember that we're going to forget you see so I needed to know that there was something else coming up you see this is this yeah people just don't understand this you know the normies don't understand this (laughs) right no and um and even 
people who are not normal without having something, and I don't mean not normal, but those of us who live on the fringe for one of those of us who have are seeking tribes, finding tribes, but we we have those those times where we forget, and it is very easy for us to a lot of people, Nancy, don't you think live without the guidance that you were blessed to have in your father, and so if you could take a minute and just kind of describe what a life coach is, um, what they do besides helping individuals discover their passion, what else is it that you do? Do you walk beside them for a season in their lives? Do you work with them? Um, Do you project with them or is it a lifelong relationship? How does life coaching work? Okay, I would love to answer that. Except, was uh, was someone else going to ask a question? No, that's um, the question. Oh, okay, okay, question. okay. Gosh, I, I I thought I heard someone trying to uh, you know pipe in there. I'm thinking, no. okay, who else is on the call? <laughs> Just those ladies. <laughs> um, you know, oh, there goes another thought. You know, oh, God, they're ringing, they're ringing at my ears. Um. <laughs> um <laughs> I've toned them down from the big kettle drums recently, but um, anyway, I I just wanted to say one thing. I mean, I did have a mother, okay. <laughs> I keep on, you know, I mean, I, I've had a couple of people say that. Well, did you have a mom? You know, my next book is completely dedicated to her. Most non-judgmental person you could ever imagine in your entire life. Okay, and that is what I think also um, is, I, I mean, it's, you can't have a coin unless you have two sides, right? Right, and, that's the balance. Yeah, and, and, and the other side of the coin is that non-complete lack of judgment. If there was that complete lack of judgment, along with an entire system change and all that other kind of stuff, okay, we could live in in this culture, okay? Um, and so I was also blessed with a mother who is just completely non-judgmental um, and just very accepting, and you know, just uh, uh, and also both my parents. Were, well, that's not the way I would do it, you know. It doesn't mean I don't hate you, or it doesn't mean. You know, I'm disappointed in your behavior. I'm disappointed in your choice. Uh, but anyway, to answer your question, okay, which I forgot already. What was it? <laughs> um, uh, what does a coach do? Was was that? Uh, and what is a coach? I mean, other than someone who just kind of affirms that that we're all right, um, what, what does a coach? What does a life coach? What is one, and what what do you do? Okay. Okay, and 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 as I was talking, I mean, I haven't just been going off here. I've been trying to give people examples. Okay, yeah. all that I just gave. Okay, the example of the um, of how I coached myself through my father's tangible, uh, um, uh, hands-on approach with me. Okay, uh, uh, and very solution-focused uh, approach in in certain. Um, aspects with me because he knew my strengths and my weaknesses okay um i i learned to do uh, uh um uh to use strategies such as that photo album because i knew that 
and the calendar and stuff like that because um and to finish things right away and that's what a coach does okay those are the tangibles that a coach helps someone do and and you do that as long as there's a good match okay uh, with the person um and you do that through um accountability uh weekly telephone calls you know that's the logistics of it with someone who understands uh ADD and they're trained as an uh, uh ADD coach um and then you hash out you help the person figure out and help them understand a lot of people don't understand because they've lived so long not knowing that 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 it's it's not that they're different but just that you know i i don't want to say misplaced i mean but i just conceptually told you earlier you know what what i've come to realize is, is that it's a it's an advantage if we don't if if we know if we can get in touch with how to live it and then the tools must also be there um as long as we understand what our strengths and weaknesses are and a coach can help with that god i'm so bad with verbalizing this i'm i'm more gifted in writing than i am with speaking this i'm very dramatic so i'm over here you know i diane you know me i'm i'm over here oh, like with my arms flailing and i'm pacing around <laughs> and i'm acting it out you have visual aid yes you do <laughs> oh my gosh no but so the coach is there partnering with the person um helping the person to understand that that these things that they feel that they do these repeated patterns this you know the repeated pattern take for instance what if i ran 100 marathons okay and i never had that photo album and i never knew about the about the uh uh the calendar and that's all i did was run marathons hoping one day that i would feel accomplished Okay, this is what I'm trying to say. And so a coach can help you figure out how to get use tools that that are custom made to you that uh, um to help you live your strengths and to um uh rejoice in them and let go of the rest, you know, to that's what I was saying. What do what comes easily to you? Then do it. Don't uh, keep doing what's hard. And that also means, you know, the other way of asking that, by the way, is what are you no longer willing to put up with? That means then you're going to have to um, outsource things. Those are called accommodations, by the way, for us. Okay? <laughs> so then use accommodations it, swap things out in your marriage uh um um uh get a student to file for you never think about doing your own taxes <laughs> what I've been we could have a whole show on that um, well three of us <laughs> you know uh um never stop exercising you know uh, um um and then use the tools that that work that will help make sure that that will happen. Make sure that your deficits are blocked and take responsibility for keeping them blocked. 
And if one of the deficits is forgetting it, and then you've got to put systems in place to remember, even if that means taking, going and getting some huge giant machine to print out an entire, an entire, you know, garage full of envelopes that are stamped and self-addressed to you to have one sent to you every month for the rest of your life saying, remember, you have attention deficit disorder and you will be uh, stuck in the moment and you will forget that you have ADD or every three months, you know, that'll be it, uh, about the time frame. Remember, at about this time, you will think that you will no longer need that calendar of yours. You had better start looking at it again. <laughs> you know, I really... Well, but- and you, when you're describing, and just to that's actually that example. is actually a brilliant service right there. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is, and no, and I think you know before we really understood that, and and um, like most of the like-minded people we've discussed here, and I'm going to get personal here about both um, Rebecca and myself, in <laughs> that. Um, you know, drowning in your weakness. And that that really, and we've told this story many times when we present, that's how we met 13, well, 13 years ago almost, just when the first book came out, The ADHD Autism Connection. But I was drowning trying to write. I felt like the biggest failure. And maybe you remember, um, Nancy, meeting me and being so frustrated when um, Paul Elliott would say, you have to write a book. And, you know, he tried to get John to help and, and, I said, I can't write. I don't think any of you understand. (laughs) I was drowning in my weakness, and, you know, I was ready to give up, and that's when I met um, Becky. And we not only instantly connected because of the passion and the mission that we were on, but I I find it no accident at all that her gift, since she she told me she'd been writing, um, what did you say, since you were eight or nine years old, Becky? (laughs) And I, I just wept because I thought, this is somebody with a gift I don't have, and I gave myself permission to think, well, for a little while. There are times it flares up, and and she always reminds me, that's just not my area of strength. And so as long as I don't you know, try to draft um, the proposal for our next book, I think she'll still be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but the flip side of it is, the flip side of it is, too, um, as you're, as you're talking, Nancy, about forgetting the marathon or forgetting the accomplishments, that is all too easy because people think, well, you if you've published a book, you would certainly remember you published a book. Um, oh, God, you know, I forget after, all the time. I forget all the time. And in in the day-to-day grind, you be, you forget the accomplishments. You begin to feel like, you know, your your passions and your gifts are floundering. Why were you even given these? Because you do forget that you've used them and you've helped people with them. You've served humanity in some way, but we do forget. I mean, I love the three-month idea because that describes me to a T. I can get organized for just a little while and then it, it's gone. And you spend your whole life if I'm making any sense at all. Um, you oh, spend your yeah. whole life trying, uh, trying new things tr- because you know there's got to be a way. I'm not, I'm not stupid in by any long shot. But then you end up feeling less than, if you will, because because of the inability 
Well, because the way our minds go, the way our minds work, it's, you know, I hate to say inability because, you know, we're just different. Like you said, we are just different. It's it's not, and it's a beautiful gift. It's 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 not that, that it's just there, this world is different than we are, you know, and uh, it operates in this very linear fashion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, just, and, you know, and, I just don't get. <laughs> but Yeah, well... Well, I I started saying um, um, earlier about how uh, I kind of scratched the surface of saying um, that my my upbringing and my overseas experience uh, really had uh, um, a, a huge uh, impact or made an effect on on who I am today and and how I view my disability because I grew up in Brazil when I was little. Uh, uh, from three to seven years old, I used to, you know, go running up and down the street. I'd pop. I, my my parents would have to come looking for me to find out whose whose dinner table I was sitting at. <laughs> I would always be with, you know, sitting up someone's uh, a table, sitting on you know phone books with a you know bib around me, ready to eat, you know, or I, I would always be somewhere. Okay. And and my kind of uh, hyperactivity, nonstop. Okay, I did have the you know nickname Papagayo, which means you know nonstop uh, parrot, blah 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 blah, whatever. Um, but there was no judgment, you see. And uh, uh, um, and then when I went to uh, Uganda and Kenya, we were taught by Peace Corps people, and they were, and and there were thirteen of us when we were in Uganda because of the the you know war there and all this stuff and we would just jump in one of those uh to those vw buses and go out oh yeah you want to learn about coffee today cotton raise your hands okay let's go you know <laughs> and and we would just take off you know to the coffee field to this to that um oh you want to learn about uh who knows what you know we were it was all this um hands-on experience and then Worthington High School was uh only one of two I think the other one was in Seattle who had this outdoor um summer education program uh one was six weeks the other one was eight weeks and then they had one in Bermuda too um over Christmas um uh uh and you could get all of your science uh history and like chemistry um darn you couldn't get your math out credits by doing these programs, and, and they were rigorous to get into in in high school. You had to be pre-screened and all this kind of stuff. And then uh, teachers, uh, there were four or five teachers who went with you, and you camped and you, you know, had to, you know, cook your own meals and and then climb the Tetons and descend the Rocky Mount or yeah the wait ascend descend whatever Grand Canyon. Rocky Mountains, you know, and you looked at fossils and then the various levels of the, you know, and the drumlins and the, who know, you know, all this stuff, Indians and all that, okay? Um, and so I earned all my credits that way. Okay, I had to go to summer school for reading, writing, and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, it's the way it was. But I got, to, so I've never been in a real traditional classroom even at Harvard, graduate school at Harvard, do you think I was going to conform to anything there? No. Come on. <laughs> I, come on. I, I mean, I'm used to being resourceful. I, I, I mean, what, all of a sudden I'm going to be linear just because I was accepted at Harvard? No. They accepted me because I was nonlinear. 
You see, you have to match yourself with everything you do. Don't do anything that's not that doesn't come naturally. The minute that we do that, then we get we get depressed, and that brings me back to what you were saying, is that that's when we don't accomplish our mission. That's that's when we get beaten down and we feel beaten down. Right. I listened to um. Oh God, what was his name? Uh, Wild, Wild, that uh, inspirational speaker. One, one, one of the speakers at one of these huge coaching conferences early, early on. It was about I don't know, eighteen years ago. <clears throat> talk about um, uh, how uh, this kitty cat, you know, went to kitty cat kindergarten or something like that, and then uh, it was very determined. It was a very determined kitty cat. And this kitty cat wanted to be the, the, the top one in the class, you know, really, really gung-ho. And the teacher said uh, to the kitty cats that day, first day in kindergarten, the secret to happiness is in your tail, is in a cat's tail. Oh, man, this kitty cat went barreling out of the classroom, found uh, an empty alley and starts going in circles because this kitty cat wanted to get, uh, thought that if he could sink his teeth in his tail, that he would have, you know, have it all set. And up comes a big alley cat and sits down, starts licking his paws and says, hey, what are you doing? Kitty cat tells the alley cat the story. Alley cat just kind of, you know, lifts up a paw, turns around, walks off and saunters his tail and then stops, looks back at the kitty cat and says, huh, all I have to do is walk uh, walk forward confidently and happiness follows me every place I go. And I I started crying hysterically. I had to leave. <laughs> People are all like going, oh, deep, oh, you know, cute story. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm hysterical. I left because I had so much pain for all of my clients and oh. all the stories that I hear about all these kids and everyone trying to do it the wrong way way well and and that leads me to my next question nancy you're so right it's being a fish out of water and especially when you're not realizing that the confidence that you may get by staying in your strength is enough to help you in this next area that we really need to talk about and that is the social emotional landmines that you know so often so many people like us and with these twice exceptional minds who have both a level of giftedness in an area of passion and also maybe a challenge, maybe it's writing like myself, can feel awkward in social situations. And can you tell us a little bit about, as a coach, how how that um, importance about navigating the social world plays a part into their lives and how you help them navigate that while you're helping with the task and so forth. And so much of that has to do <clears throat> with what we were just talking about, and that is accepting, you know, understanding. You know, the coach helps the person understand, be a nonjudgmental um a partner, outsider, you know, someone who stands on the sidelines uh, helping the person to understand. You know, it, it, it's someone like us it, helping the per explaining the method of our madness, okay, and yeah. saying it's not you. You're not a bad person because of this, okay? 
this is the, this is actually the way that you see the world. It's not bad. And then um, uh, uh, you help the person with tools to navigate it. So socially, okay, it could be uh, for a person with ADD, they um, uh, uh, they might not know why they constantly uh, are letting people down. This is one aspect of being socially whatever, okay, and this is letting people down. So this is one example uh, of that. They might say yes to their friends all the time, saying that they're going to go to things and then let people down at, because at the last minute they uh, they freeze up. Okay, as a coach, I would help that person dissect what that is. Is it because they have problems with transitions, leaving the house at the last minute? Um, then you know, uh, uh, get get a calendar up, or is it that they then? Uh, uh, and, and then they can follow through on their commitments more. Or is it because they overcommit and then they forget and they don't have enough time or what? Or when they go, or this would be another one with real, like in the workplace, um, someone perhaps with Asperger's or something, uh, they um, they don't uh, go to the social events um, or perhaps... Uh, um, don't engage in conversation uh, in the hallway or maybe just engage in too much conversation and don't understand, you know, that the person is giving them signals that they don't really care about the topic that they're talking about. <laughs> um, or they don't go to the lunches and get to know people um, and then what that causes is people being suspicious of what's going on with the person, then, yes, there's things that a coach can help with. There's strategies that a person can use. Understand that, okay, that people are not – are. if you're awkward around people, if you know that starting a conversation is not easy for you, then you need to have a strategy and know that the repercussions of you not getting a – not gaining a strategy is that – people are going to think that you're odd and your behavior is going to prevent acceptance of you um, and uh, possibly get you unemployed. <laughs> you well, know, and it's, uh, and it's uh, definitely, you know, the biggest thing that we hear, we've heard, we've experienced as mothers, the heartbreak of the number one thing that our kids say, and I think we hear it from parents over and over and over again, and adults, is they just want to fit in. Right. And, and that, so, that's the greatest okay, heartbreak. Well, yeah, well, this is a simple thing. Okay, so then... Uh, uh, a coach for for a child might watch, observe, uh, go to the family's house, um, um, in, interview the parents. Uh, uh, I once went. Now this is way back when I did kids. I do um, you know high level uh, professionals or high creatives, um, you know, independently wealthy social outcasts, you know, type people that are way out there. I coach. Um, but once I, I I actually went to the school where a child went. Uh, a child went. She changed schools, and uh, uh, from a public school to a private school because she had learning disabilities. The parents thought they were doing the right thing. Anyway, the end of the story is she quit talking. <laughs> um, she mm. she she was very odd. 
but before I get to that, I just realized I didn't give the the, the strategy, okay, for, for someone who was socially awkward, someone who, who I coached with the example that I gave. They didn't go to lunch and, you know, that type of stuff. They stayed in their office, and then when they did talk, it was, it was all about, you know, himself. I said something very simple. Look at the photographs that people have on their office, you know, or um, uh, anything like that. Uh, um uh, ask questions about the other person. You know, if they have photographs, if you see that their son likes baseball, then remember that. It was easy for this guy to remember that. And then ask, uh, oh, your son plays baseball, how's your son, you know, blah, blah, stuff like that. And my mom always told me <laughs> early on, uh, Nancy, you divulge too much in the workplace. It makes people uneasy, plus they can use that information against you. Ask people questions about themselves. You're very good at that. Let them talk. People love to hear themselves talk, Nancy. And when they walk away from you, they will say, oh, what a nice young lady. Wasn't she pleasant? You know, or wasn't it nice uh, 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 talking with her? She was so nice. She asked me so many questions. I feel so good. (laughs) Great strategy, (laughs) right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so, and then it, it keeps you engaged. Okay, is one of the reasons why you're socially awkward is because you're not engaged? You know, or are you someone like me who becomes very bored and then does terrible things to shock people? <laughs> it's, I, I had to really work hard at that one. You know, oh, my God, how many times have you been at a reception and, and you know, and you're like, oh, God, I cannot believe the person or that, or oh, God, that, oh, God, that, oh, my God, that, that, that thing looks like a, oh, God, a, Oh, one time, it, one time, what was it? I, I don't know. There was something, and I started laughing hysterically because I started making cartoons out of the um, hors d'oeuvres. And then, one, and then two years ago, Pete, uh, a bunch of coaches at this conference actually picked up all of the hors d'oeuvres um, because they were carved, uh, Polish hors d'oeuvres carved in little mice. You see, this is this is what's so fun. This is the other thing. Help the person be around people who are more like themselves so that they can feel accepted. This is the other social thing I was going to say. You see, I'm getting right. to a point here. Yeah. Everyone, this was in Chicago. So all the, it wasn't the hors d'oeuvres, it was the garnishings, okay? They had radishes that looked like little mice, okay, with little cloves for eyes and then a little tail thing. Before you knew it, Okay, we were all up at the podium with all of these things. Let me tell you, the the, the little servers behind the, the buffet were not happy with us at all because we ripped apart their entire display, okay? Um, and we had a beach scene. We had a carrot with, a, with one of their um, carved uh, green peppers on top of it. We had a potato for the... Um, beach and then we had the little mouse on the beach a a mr mouse and a mrs mouse we tore the place apart you see it's fun to be around our 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 people um and so that's the other thing so just to recap uh understand kind of what the rules are that we have to take responsibility if if we know that we're socially in awkward uh, uh, or, or awkward both financially and uh you know, emotionally for us um, or for ourselves and then try to, or for your kids, and try to um, figure out 
logistically what some strategies can be um, given whatever those um, deficits are, you know. Uh, um, and and for me, you know, it's like uh, um, I used to carry around a little, <clears throat> you know, I, I used to wear a bracelet that I could take off, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and just um, – they, it, it was like a worry bead neck, uh, a bracelet, you know, a beaded uh, bracelet that I could take off and just kind of fiddle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm very good at walking around rooms and posing. <laughs> 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 you see, you know, so I'm serious. I, I learned how to hold glasses very elegantly, you know, so, and walk in heels, you know, walk here, walk there, walk here, there, walk here. Uh, but not so much that people get suspicious, you know. I mean, I could look like a spy. <laughs> so, um, but so a coach can help the person self-observe, um, and like I said, even with a child, like this girl quit talking. Okay, um, and I can go on and on and on with with examples of how you know, the importance, it didn't take a coach actually to figure out why she, she quit talking, you know, and, and, and there's like a whole case study within her, um, you know, that basically she went from rows to a circle, okay, and when they passed in homework, um, uh, you know, they passed it in laterally instead of Anyway, people could see her homework, and then the teachers would come up behind her and scare her, you know, when they – and then they would read her, her thing. Her, they would comment on her thing out loud because it went from a very big school to a small school. There were big windows for her to look out, and then, and then the, the rooms wouldn't change. Just the teacher would go up and change, you know. And, and then they would have the same teacher. The biology teacher was a Spanish teacher. I mean, it was – horrible for her so she just went in total shutdown it was too much for her Mm. you know and so and and, um and then she was also also socially outcast by the kids in the neighborhood because they gave one of the girls a ride and she talked nonstop to that girl i mean because she didn't talk at school i presume um but uh so understanding that just simply understanding and then you know, working out an, another system. Um, but so much of what I do every day of my life for myself and then as my job, as my work, which I feel so privileged to do, is to help other people um, self-observe, uh, understand how our biology affects us, and, and I think every single human being should should do this, um, and gain a level, you will, you will gain a level of acceptance through learning about it, um, especially if you do partner with someone who's completely non-judgmental and just helps you confront all of your own um, judgments about your own deficits, and then if we can let go of that in ourselves, okay, and not right. beat ourselves up, because, because you're been right. taught and to. Yeah, we've that's been taught right. to. And you said after a while, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you yeah. said after a while we become so self-critical. 
Yeah. And that, yeah. And, it, and, 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 and that's, that's a built. whole strategy in the coaching thing. We call that the gremlin, you the know. The gremlin. The yeah, the gremlin, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, what does a gremlin look like for you? Is it a little committee that sits on your shoulder? Is it, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, this big thing? Is it a furry thing? What does it look like? You know, figure, the critical and then that teacher, helps you. Yeah. Yeah, that you know, get those things away, contain them. They're never going to go away, okay? We've been brought up in this other zone, remember, in this culture, in this other culture that is not, that doesn't understand us. You know, that's why I said in the beginning is that performance, when we're measured by a different measure from a, 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 from a different brain that doesn't comprehend our brain, it's only going to hurt us. And so we have to accept us first, and then, a, but it, and adjustments need to be made for us to be able to um, uh, you know in order to I don't want to say survive, but in order to have a balanced life and thrive in order to thrive you know this doesn't have to be like a torturous thing we just have to accept and then that means also okay there's a difference here and what do i natu- what am i naturally great at uh um seeing uh Paintings that are crooked all the time in 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 dentist's office. Well, uh, if you're great at that kind of thing, let's capitalize on it. Okay, are you? Uh, uh, maybe you maybe you could create some sort of a sensor light or something that measures the uh, distance from the ceiling or something like that. That has a magnet thing that. Uh, balances out paintings at all equal times or something like that and sell it to dentist office. I don't know whatever your gift is. If it's imagination, then do it. And if your deficit is not following through on your thoughts and your inventions, then outsource it. And if that means then that you've got to... uh, um, uh, uh, find creative ways in order to have income, you know, or or or, or something or, or whatever. Then, then you've got to do it, you know, or or find out what your other gifts are. Are your other gifts getting designers to to do like you, Diane? You're it it, it just don't sweat it, okay? Get get someone to capture your ideas, no matter if it's if you. Are dictating as you're driving, or 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 if you write it out yourself and then you fill in the blanks, or if you have the that's the way that I wrote my book. Okay, I just sent the person an entire crapload of stuff, and then um, uh, she asked me questions over, over email, and the person has to have a fast turnaround with me. Ask me a question, I'll I'll I'll, I'll respond right back, and then and then you've got to shoot it right back to me for me to say yes, no, or whatever, is this what you meant, That is that not what you did? and then boom, I get it right back, 
and then you got to get it right back to me. Right. I mean, it, right. It's intense, well, you know. And you're right. And it's and it and it is, I think, finding it's a partnership. I mean, it sounds like, you know, um having a coach and you're right, it's that non-judgmental part. And I guess I'm realizing and I'm feeling like that's another title I'm going to give to our friendship um, with uh, Becky because we, uh, we've become so much more than just the outsourcing of where, I mean, that was originally when she was going to help me with my proposal. And, well, she cried when she first looked at it, and I thought my grammar was making her nauseous. But actually, um, she she said it was because the information resonated with her about her own children. And I think, though, what we've done since then, and especially in writing this book and continuing our work together, we're we're more of equal partners to where we both find the information and then we discuss it. And you're right. I would say we discuss as much as she writes and she and she does it's a gift it's i've told her over and over again she is just music on paper i mean her writing can just take an idea and and make it magical which is why the book is good to read thank goodness it wasn't mine because in the early days you're right um you know she would look and after about a week of crossing through everything and feeling like she was being negative is that what you felt becky <laughs> no writing um, I just she, was like, well, she was no, pleasant. You you made me feel what Nancy's describing. You you made me feel, and I can say this just so I'm going to cry now. <laughs> you were the best teacher because you made me feel. I don't, I've never cried on here. <laughs> you made me feel like I wasn't wrong and I wasn't bad. You had such a good. You have a gift. That's why you're a great teacher. You had a gift of saying to me, "I think this is what you're trying to say." Does does this sound better? And of course, it sounded wonderful. Now I would just jump up and down and say, "That's exactly what I'm trying to say." And that was 13 years ago. And now, you know, of course, it didn't take her long at all to not draw through the page. She said, "You know, we don't need to do this. How about I just sit at the keyboard and we'll talk, and then I'll write, and you tell me if you like what I said." <laughs> and so, and that's how we did it. And and to this day, we still do, and it, it makes so much sense because it is her gift, and it's not mine, and I've accepted that. But it, it's so freeing to know I, that you're not being judged. But what I, I really said, like, too, is the way that our ideas go further than any one of us would have been able to take it individually. That's right. And That's right. That That's the exciting part, too. It is. We've, mm-hmm. we've just and, – and that's the thing with – I. I think, and and I wondered, Nancy, have you found that where, have you helped anybody partner up with, you know, rather than just hiring somebody to do, I mean, have they formed relationships that become partnerships because they find like-minded people but with different areas of strength? Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pause and I'm just going to go back and comment on what because I think this is a very good demonstration, okay, of 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 coaching and and of actually answering that question. Because the two of you, okay, um, uh, have uh, the two of you are at that exact point. And so, for anyone looking for what you guys have, I want to just kind of uh, shine a light on it, okay, and and also presence. For the two of you 
because, Diane, I've known you, so I'm going to coach you a little bit here, just give my little observations <laughs> as as a coach, okay? First of all, what you guys described, all right, is the braiding of a rope, okay, mm-hmm. that the three pieces intertwined, combined, all right, becomes a rope. And, and that's, I, I think, biblically, there's a thing about this, too, that it becomes um, a, a stronger part. You know, the whole, uh, the whole becomes greater or whatever. Hello, writing person, thought, translator, jump in here. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down, something, you know. But, you know, the whole becomes greater than the sum of its parts or whatever. It, it Because it becomes stronger. Each Each one of those threads... And Diane, I want you to listen closely to this. Each one of those threads could not survive alone. It would not be as strong unless they all combined. God, yes, I do coach like this. Hello. Ladies, I'm going to have to run. I apologize, but I just realized how late it is, and I've got to go. I've got to pick someone up. I just wanted to just finish this and say that, Diane, your Thoughts would never have been given voice without Becky. And Becky, your writing would have never have been able to have gone to paper without Becky's voice. Like they wouldn't have been, or Becky's, Becky, your thoughts, okay, would not have become uh, words or, or, or they wouldn't become a voice in the world unless they had words to them, and her words wouldn't have had meaning without you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, yes, absolutely. So, Becky, I just wanted you to hear that that small observation that I had. And so, okay, there. No, it's that's wonderful, Nancy. That's wonderful. I mean, I I think that we got really personal tonight with ourselves and you did a great job of of helping us to see that and um i'm i'm so thankful for that and i hope that our listeners can can gain something from that as well because having a relationship where each person brings that piece to the puzzle you're right that that piece to the rope if you will is is just um it's life changing it is and and you can accomplish things and um you know you you can reach your full potential by um by kind of admitting where you're not strong and and finding that other person and appreciating their strength as well yes and by viewing what you are working towards as this is when i coach uh uh, uh couples about relationships view what you're working towards as a common goal, you know, as building a a, um, a third, uh, nurturing and building something that you both cherish, and that's your relationship or a passion or a mission or whatever. So when you partner with someone, okay, to answer your question, you see I was kind mm-hmm. of coaching you guys around this or whatever, <clears throat> or just coaching the audience uh, around the right, thing, right, okay? Right, Because um, a coach isn't supposed to just come out and really, like, blurt out the answer, okay? So I do all this stuff a little bit through storytelling and ha-ha, and then, oh, okay. Um, uh, oh, God, now I forgot what, it's, what, what I was saying because I'm conscious that we're, like, uh, uh, getting late. Oh, is that, is, is that you're, you're building this third entity 
and 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 you're nourishing it and even if it's uh the calling in your life or a or your or you're developing a partnership to, uh like that accommodation or you're delegating something out or you're um negotiating to uh, uh um uh for a weakness or whatever it is uh to balance your life out so you can you know live a balanced life or to reach your goal or your mission or or whatever or to bring voice to your thoughts and all that kind of stuff um um uh oh god god I forgot my thought again cuz I'm so nervous about about the fact that we're late I'm sorry oh you're um, you're oh, fine oh oh is is that it's always working towards that common uh uh goal of constantly working within your strengths which i believe firmly believe is following your calling and keeping the blinders in and focused on that and everything else goes by the wayside you know don't look at the other opportunities and so um find someone else with whom um you know also like she your partnership with her would not be as strong unless she had the same um goal gut mission and right. and, and somehow okay she uh, i i mean she could have the same goal of bringing thought or or meaning to your thoughts and she could also have a vicious goal uh, or she could also have another goal of of uh wanting to you, you see your values have to be aligned too um right. uh uh, and 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 so, but as long as you keep everything aligned with staying within the calling and making sure that the people within your life, and I can go on to this whole other thing about you know about choosing the right people and that whole realm. We can do a whole radio show on that. Okay, right. um, you know how we how we choose the wrong people because we idolize them for the things we cannot do. <laughs> you know, right, right. Um, um, you, you know, we'll choose the person for the skill and overlook what you just ha- or what perhaps God or someone you know you want to believe in just you know put put in your life. Um, and some of that, I'm sure, has to do with the fact that you met someone who's non-judgmental and allowed you to be able to let go occasionally, but you got to let this little gremlin thing out a little bit more and be conscious of it. As long as we let go and allow ourselves to um, do what's easiest for us, and it's easy for you to, you know, give out these thoughts. You've been doing it all the time. Why do you think everybody's been telling you to write a book? I mean, come on, <laughs> get on the program here. I mean, right, how else would anyone right. know that you had a book in you? What you've been sitting there silently? Right. <laughs> no, I'm I'm anything but silent. And that I was a, a scripture I wrote sort of to myself in the acknowledgement section of the first book and it it was about um my my tongue is the pen of a skillful writer when i found it i thought this is my permission to forgive myself that i'm i don't have a gift of being having a pen of a skillful writer i have a tongue that speaks and and i speak and speak and speak about my passion and that is my gift and so and it made sense i mean i i grew up in broadcasting that was my career originally before any of this with my children and this disability right. world and giftedness Exactly, and the truth, okay, now this is where we get kind of practical, 
And the truth is, is living in this world, okay, I, I, I mean, if you were back in the Greek times, you could be some orator, okay, you know, like sitting right. there orating and orating and, you know, people, you know, eating grapes and, okay, pass the wine and, you know, whatever, fan me and all that kind of stuff, okay, and you could be known as a great orator, all right, okay, but we don't live in that society. You have to make a living, okay, other people around are, are, are telling their ideas but they don't have the same passion and the insights and they don't see things the way you do. So what are you forced to do? Oh, God, i got to get these words on the paper. Oh, right. and also, because you're driven by your passion, you got to get those words out to more people. And then you see, this is where all of a sudden, oh, my God, I can't, I can't, I can't, because you've been measured by the written word. You see, and then this right. is where people have to realize, oh, I've been traumatized by the classroom. There's actually <laughs> been some 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 books I, I i know someone who wrote a book about how um uh a therapist she did her thesis on that did research on trauma in the classroom you know for for people with ld i, I mean my god and ptsd I've, I've coached people who've had that and they didn't go to catholic well, school <laughs> i have to tell you this nancy that in this hopefully this will give satisfaction it is never too late to reclaim that which you felt held you under and let me explain Quickly here, I know our time is away from us. I, after writing the second book, I think I did gain back. Maybe the first book even didn't really do it for me. I just still felt like I didn't do it like Becky did. And But the second one, and I felt so much a part of it, and we did accomplish it together. I looked up and called, and she's now a board member, a city council member, I think, my old English teacher who I loved, who was never judgmental, but I always felt like I couldn't please her. Of course, it was my worst subject. I mean, it, in high school, I was taking calculus and science. I was the science nerd. Everybody wanted to be my lab partner. But you put me in the room to, you know, write punctuation. I'm blind. I couldn't do it. Well, I called her. This was um, a year ago. And I called her and I said, this, I'm publishing this is like my good. second book. And she and she wept and she said, I'm so proud of you. I, I wept and she said, I I always knew you were so gifted and you were so smart and I just was amazed and she said but you only lacked one thing and I just I wished it for you more than anything and I said what was it and she said self confidence I knew it I knew it <laughs> you know I mean we beat ourselves up more than anything and that and so much of that has to do with the fact that we need to have that um you know the uh that that uh, uh, outlet to be able to do that, and this goes back to something else. That's why it's important. I'm, I'm going to keep saying this over and over again. That's why it's important for us to do what's easy for us to do. So you see, probably uh, if I had a child like you, if I had, a, you know, I mean, I should have been in theater. Okay, I've yeah. never taken a theater course in my life, and a matter of fact, the I, I, well, I, I mean, class. Well, the class I did in high school. I well, okay, I. I barely, I barely, it's, I was almost, I never made it there on time to, the, I, I tried out for plays, I couldn't because I couldn't sing, and they had all musicals, that that was number one, right. and then, and then, so I decided I would be like a, a I don't know, something that wore a board and like, walked around in circles, you know, just so that I could be on the stage, but it was an awful experience, and then I was always late to the rehearsals, and the teacher hated me. I'm three minutes late, okay, fine, mm-hmm. whatever. And so that was a bad experience. And then 
I, I mean, I never. Um, and I should have been, you know, it would have been great. Um, you know, instead, my dad, you know, for all of his goodness, you know, sit down, learn the math, you know, God, that yardstick <laughs> on the table all the time, you know. You know, what's right. two plus two? And then, you know, 30 seconds later, you know, what's two plus two? Not, you know, what? Apples, oranges? What? Aren't you paying attention? You know, God. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it, and so, but, you know, then we go beating up on ourselves. And so my advice to, to, to people is no matter what, to the, especially with the kids, don't take away whatever they do the easiest uh, um, um, as their punishment. Right. And I have a great example for that. Do you know who Mary Inglebright is? She does the Life's of Cherubolis, the Cherries lady. She's real colorful. And Miss Smarty she does. And she's just a world-renowned artist. And she's got a sense of humor. We get her calendar every year, um, Becky and I. We just love her. Well, she wrote in her... Um, story about her life that how she hated school because the first thing they did when she couldn't pass her math test was to take away her art and and she said thank goodness her mother thought that was just ridiculous and and didn't use it as a punishment but you're right i mean can you imagine um i can't imagine i mean she just touches the world with her gift if if you know there's another mary inglebright out there somewhere that some teacher hopefully is listening to this, don't take away their art because they can't pass the math test. Well, and then the other thing, okay, one last thing, and and, and then we'll end. Um, I spoke in Newfoundland last year um, at this huge, uh, I don't know, thousand-person banquet thing or dinner thing um, during their National uh, Mental Health Awareness Week. And... uh, um, and I started out the talk, t- uh, uh, talking to them, you know, repeating words from the uh, Harry Chapin uh, song. What is it? Um, Roses are red. Oh, Roses okay. are red. Uh huh. Um, uh, telling them the story, and 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 I'll end on on this note uh, by telling it. But there was a little boy went to school, uh, and uh, he. He was told to paint flowers, you know, to draw a, a flower. And so he, you know, did all sorts of different colored flowers, all different, you know, and the teacher came around and said, no, um, uh, roses are red, and gave him a red, uh, you know, red crown and green, you know, red, you know, red crown, red crown. And uh, next day, boy came in, kept it, no, teacher said, no, flowers are red, you know, roses are red, roses are red. I think it's called flowers are red. Yeah, flowers are red. And so this went on, blah, blah, blah. Okay, next year, family moved, new classroom, uh, same assignment, he drew a red flower. Teacher came around and said, no, 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 my God, flowers are all different colors. Next day, kid comes in, teacher says, uh, uh, draw a flower. He draws a red flower. Teacher says, no, my God, they can be all different colors. This goes on. Kid draws red flower, red flower, red flower, red flower. (laughs) Never draws a colored flower again. Okay, and that's so sad. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got to do what you love to do. And Diane, it's so important. And I know this. I fall into this trap. And you know, 
if if people think it's easy, okay, living the life we do and combating that gremlin, it's not. And that's why it's very important. And I think it's in uh, God, Proverbs, Proverbs. I forget what it is, but positive psychology. Heck, says the exact same thing. Um, uh, you are what you say you are. You know that right. we, right. you know that we can burn new neuro pathways by keeping a, a journal on on positive right. uh, thoughts. Well, the Bible says it too. You know, be careful what you think. But right. you know, you you can become. I don't know. Some some someone's going to have to look that up in in Proverbs for me. But you know, oh, you have the power of life and death in your tongue. That's right. That's and, exactly right. Uh, and um, you know you can prophesy, oh, prophesize over your own life, and over that of your child, or of your student, or of your partner. You know, so right. be careful what you think, and 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 what you say about yourself. That's the other That's thing. Right. That's We're right. our own worst enemy. And we so, are, and and you're right. And it, I think that earlier. Or even if it's later and you discover your passion by dwelling on it and just immersing yourself in your passion. And Temple Grandin, as you know, who's just a dear friend, and Temple talks about that that's where you've got to stay. When you get outside of that zone, you're in the danger zone. But exactly. you're only only good things will come from you. You will find other people you can fit in with, other like-minded groups. You will, you know, she said um, she would use her portfolio that, you know, she didn't socially know how to make a professor or an employer listen to her. She showed them her portfolio, and they were impressed with her work, and then they liked her. Who couldn't like her now? (laughs) I mean, everyone who knows her temple is just wonderful, but... You're right. That is exactly the lesson that she leaves us with, too, is that, um, you know, all the time she brings it back to stay in your passion and, you know, use your strengths and use your special interests to not only help yourself but to change the world because you can if, um, you know, if you really put your mind to it and don't let the, the gremlins, I like that, you know, get you down. Don't let them keep you out. Yeah, and 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 always remember um, that what you have to block your your weaknesses too, um, but you know, or 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 accommodate for them. But you can't feel right. guilty about it. It's just right. and the only way you cannot feel guilty about it is by feeling the the passion of just following what you do easily and you will be blessed because you will help so many people no matter what it is if it's with your art you'll make people happy if it's with your inventions because we are truly blessed we see things so differently it's when i'm in that zone that i that i want to turn around and say well doesn't everyone think this way doesn't right. everyone connect with other people this way? Doesn't everyone see the world this way? And then I feel so terrible for other people who don't. I right. really do. And that's when I feel so special because I feel so I feel so terrible. It's like, oh my God, isn't don't don't other people really think this this deeply, feel this deeply? Um Aren't they this passionate? You know, don't right. they? And um, and and you've got to stay there. 
You've got to stay in that place of this is something special that I have. It's something unique that I have because let me tell you, it is very easy to go on the flip side of the I hate having this. Dr. Silverman says there's a quote, and I can't think of the name of the person, but she's she is um, one of the top experts in giftedness. We've had her on the program. We love her dearly. And she says, or the quote is, the gift, be careful, because the gift can turn on itself. Oh. And that would, that would be on you. I mean, that would I, be on I, yourself. I call it the double-edged sword. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, um, yes, no, it's, no, my, my disability is, is, or, you know, gifts or whatever you want to call it. Oh, no, it's, it, it's, it, I, I was going to say it can be my own public and enemy number one. Um, uh, you know, the if if I if I let if I'm not in the right environment, I I have to be in the environment. I have to be in the right environment. The minute that that I start uh, crumbling is when I know that. Uh oh. I am so lucky. All I have to do is just get in the right environment, change things. I know what to do. You see, I feel more fortunate than other people in the sense that I've had a, a lifetime, and 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 if and I'm sure you do too because you've been at this for so long. You know, we know what to do. Right. It, you know, it's like, oh my God, okay, because we we know what we're dealing with, and so we're fortunate that way. Um, and, uh, um, you know, if, if, if I'm not in the right environment or if I'm not around people who, who are nurturing me or people who, uh, not, uh, nurturing my spirit, I meant nurturing me spiritually or challenging me or, or whatever. And then, then I know that, that that is not, that that is just, that that's devastating for me because then I'm going to, um i'm i'm my worst uh critic and so so i i have to get out of that situation and or environment or whatever if it's not pushing me and challenging me or allowing me to have my outlet um uh then then i have to do something in order to uh uh be in that flow or or to get back into my calling um uh and anyway, I'm I'm babbling now, but no, but, you're, but I no, think you're right. You're you're very right, and it's and it's what we need to to leave on that happy note of um, what we started the conversation with, and that is to um, you know find your passion. And I think sometimes even when we don't know what it is, we we know, but we don't know. It's more of exposing it. And um, and I think a coach can do that. A mentor Temple talks about mentors finding the right mentor in the field, um, e- even if it's in junior high school. And you know you're you're into science, then have your parents make sure to get you in a science club, or you know stay after school and ask the science teacher to help you with a special project. Um, and all all through life, you know, making sure that that you're around people who um who can recognize that and help you grow and be the best you can be. Nancy, I can't thank you enough for being on this program. This has been just an exhilarating time. It, this has been just the best. Oh my gosh. I knew it would be. 
Oh my gosh! Well, I well I I I was trying in kind of a you know zigzag way to answer kind of all of your questions. Uh, I know this we didn't follow great. the outline at all, but 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 you know me, I'm I'm intense. I always like to get to the meat of the matter. But this has been wonderful. I was so excited, and um, and I love everything you're doing, and I just hope that uh, people out there can remember everything that we've said and that it's really easy to me just what is it that you do effortlessly then that is your gift that you're calling make sure that's that right everything in your life just aligns with that and that, that it obviously meets the practicality of the way that you want to live your life right you know right um right so that you can continue to to uh, exercise your passion. And speaking of your passion, we want to make sure that I mention your website is nancyrady.com. Is that right? Yeah, and and then also if, um, if anyone wants to buy my book, The Disorganized Mind, they can go to thedisorganizedmind.com. Okay, okay, wonderful, wonderful. Yes, I would encourage them to get your book because you've got lots of things in there that we didn't have a chance to cover tonight, but just helpful strategies and information. You've always been the queen of that. And, again, we're just going to have to have you back because um, there's just too much to talk about in one night. (laughs) I know, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you so, so much, and um, and thanks again for this topic. Of to, I, I guess it was really meaty, you know, gosh, really meaty. But, but uh, you see, this is what we get, everyone out there. You have to stay in touch with your friends. You can't wait, like, all these years. It's been, what, That's right. 10, 12 years since we've spoken. So you can't do that. It's been too long. No, yeah. you can't. And we'll continue on the journey together and – um, and we will certainly um, keep up with you now that we found you again, and and we're going to get you on Twitter before long. <laughs> get you tweeting oh. away. I know you're there, but but we'll we'll get you actively tweeting. I know. Well, someone just needs to har- harass me. I I'll, I'll download the application or whatever it is. I've actually been going on there recently. So, absolutely. Well, Nancy, you have a wonderful evening, and thank you so much for being on the Bright Not Broken Radio Show. We're just thrilled to have you as our guest. Okay, you're welcome. Good night, everybody. Good night. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye.